Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ambassadors Forum radio show here on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for, bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to answer life's hard questions the same way Jesus would. My guest today is Bill McLeod. Bill has a bachelor's degree in Bible and pastoral studies from Cairn University and a master's of divinity from Western Seminary. He was the missions pastor at Greater Portland Bible Church for 15 years and a director in the Luis Palau Evangelism Organization. Bill founded and runs Mission Connection, which is a regional church missions mobilizing effort. Bill has a passion for serving the Lord and helping others to find their calling and purpose in Him. Bill, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Roy. It's great to be here. Bill, in the beginning, I talked about the organization that you founded and that you run now, Mission Connection. For those in our audience who may not be familiar with it, uh, tell us what it is, uh, what's the vision, how is God using Mission Connection to change the world? Well, the last command that Jesus left us with was to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel so that all people everywhere in the world would know who he is. And, you know, Roy, you and I both came to know Christ at a certain point in life. And for me, I was 18 years old, and it totally revolutionized my whole life to know Christ. And it was just before I started a secular university back in Massachusetts. And, you know, as I followed the Lord and, you know, went through Bible college and seminary, the Lord <laughs> gave me a vision for how could we help the church mobilize people more effectively, more, you know, together. How can we do something that would allow the church to be more effective in doing what Jesus called us to do mm-hmm. as the last thing he, he gave us as a command. And so I'd worked for Luis Palau, I'd done all these things, but I was finishing up my time with Promise Keepers. Uh, I'd left the Palau team, and I was working for Promise Keepers as the director here in Portland when it was first starting out. And my church came and asked me if I would become the missions pastor. I had a lot of experience overseas, a lot of experience in working with people and uh, mobilizing people. And then I was doing that for Promise Keepers here. Mm. And so I got a way to pray and say, Lord, which job should I take? I'm now being asked by my church and now by Promise Keepers to do, you know, to continue to do what I've been doing here in Portland, the Promise Keepers, and now my church has come. So I got a way to pray, Mm. and I'm not given to visions, but the Lord did give me a vision. And from that picture, I realized that he wanted to use me to mobilize people to go into missions, like large numbers of people. And I ended up saying no to Promise Keepers and saying yes to my church to come on as a mission pastor with the sense that he was going to lead me into doing something far more than just mobilize people out of our own church. And so, sure, over uh, that was in 1994, and then over the next few years, the Lord gave me opportunity to pray with some other people about, about this and what form it should take. Eventually, we ended up with what we now call Mission Connection, mm. And it was a conference where we would bring in mission agencies, and we would have workshops, and we would have speakers like Luis Palau and Robbie Zacharias and George Verwer and mm. different people like that. 
And so that started, and we launched in our first event was January 2002, and here we are, 19 years later, still doing the same thing. And it's become, by God's grace, the largest church mission mobilizing event on the West Coast that happens every year. Oh, that's exciting, Bill. I've heard that the apologetics track at Mission Connection is one of your most popular and growing focus areas of the whole conference. Why do you think that is? Well, I got to say, it's probably in large part because of what you do with this ambassadors <laughs> conference. Sure. Apologetics, that, that workshop track, you know, in any given year, we will have 25 workshop tracks, all with the design to help in the mobilization process. Uh, you know, our vision statement, I should have said, is God's people effectively mobilized in mission. Mm. Our mission statement is that we exist to connect churches and individuals to mission so that increasing numbers of workers can be raised up and sent out to those places that are least served by the gospel. Mm. So one of our workshop tracks, uh, I, I think from the beginning, maybe not from the, you know, all 19 years, but pretty much early on was this apologetics workshop track. And I just noticed that as we went on that every year that was like the that was the one that drew the most people. And mm. we had a lot of young people. Mm. And there was a lot of um, homeschooled kids that would come. And I just thought, this is fascinating. And apologetics and persecuted church, mm. for some reason, always has had traction with us. Mm. And so maybe the Lord is giving a personality to our event that, mm. in a sense, maybe didn't have anything to do with us. It's just something that the Lord is doing. And so, mm. for whatever reason, apologetics has been a big draw. I love to promote the perspectives class, which your hearers may be aware of, perspectives on the world Christian movement. They don't even call it missions. But the perspectives on the new uh, the world Christian movement was mm. developed by the U.S. Center for World Mission many years ago, probably 30, 40 years ago. And we always tell people at Mission Connection Northwest that if they really want to understand missions today we ought to take this 15-week course that is so comprehensive and you're reading from some of the best authors on the topic of the world christian movement but they look at the world christian movement through four lenses and that is the bible and then history culture and strategy hmm. and when you look at this panorama of the world christian movement at the end of the 15 weeks, in fact, a lot of mission organizations, it's a requirement for many, if not most, mission organizations. If there are people that are wanting to go out with them, must take this course. Wow. Because you really come away with a comprehensive view that's, okay, we have the Bible. We have everything that the Bible says about missions. But what did human beings do with this message of the good news, hmm. you know, once they, they want to take it out? And the missionary journeys of Paul our microcosm of what happened around the world as this gospel went out. They did face cultural issues. They did face language issues. But this good news doesn't change. But somehow we've got to, you know, cross over these barriers. So the historical mm. section explains what people in history did. The cultural section talks about, you know, what they did when they came into cultures that don't know what a lamb is. <laughs> Don't know what, uh, you know, different words in the Bible mean. And then the strategic section talks about, okay, how do we make it personal? How do we own 
this gospel and this world Christian movement for ourselves and for the churches that we're in today. So Mission Connection and Mission Connection Northwest, our annual event, you know, we really like to promote that so that people don't just come away from another conference, but they can find ways that they can connect. Mm. Um, and I think, the, you know, the apologetics workshop track is so helpful because it does give a defense for the gospel. It provides practical answers, just like your ambassadors conference does. Mm. Like, how do we engage this generation of believers and non-believers, but how do we engage, how do we help engage and equip believers to state what they believe and why they believe it Mm. and how it works out in practical life? I mean, that is apologetics Mm. at at its best. Um, And so we we try to do that through all of our workshops, try to present and equip uh, people, believers in general, to be effective uh, in those areas. Well, that class sounds amazing, Bill. Uh, Is it something that is only for full-time missionaries, or can anybody take it? And if so, how do people sign up? Well, (laughs) thanks for asking. You know, the Perspectives class is a a unique, one-of-a-kind thing. It's for the whole church. And what I've appreciated about, and and, and it's worldwide now, Mm. but you can go on their website, you know, I don't know, www.perspectives.org or whatever, and you can pick out the state that you live in. You can type in your zip code, and you can see where is the closest class Mm. to you. Now, here in the Northwest, typically we have numerous classes going in Oregon, and Washington. Now with, of course, COVID and so forth, there's been a lot more virtual classes. So what they do is they'll get veterans who have experience in one of those four areas to teach the classes and you have to be equipped and so forth. But no, it's for the whole of the body of Christ. And what I like is that usually they have a local church hosted. And so that church that hosts it may be working with four, five, six, seven, eight, ten other churches in the area to bring the class Mm. uh, to you know, the area. Usually the, you know, the class makeup is, is interesting. You know, it's, it's, you know, all ages, college, sometimes uh, retired people. You pay for the class and there's homework. It's like every roadblock you could possibly put in, you know, it's 15 <laughs> weeks long. You're giving up, you know, your Tuesday night for 15 weeks or whatever. Uh-huh. And every time I go and I'm asked to speak, I'm always so grateful that this is the proof that the Holy Spirit is involved because why would you pay money? Why would you have homework? <laughs> Why would you give up, you know, uh, 15 weeks and uh, the camaraderie and the spirit? So, I mean, I have always felt like the prospectus class, you know, helps the churches in, in a region to be missions focused because once these graduates go out, they, you know, they're back into their churches and they don't all become missionaries. And that's not the focus. The focus is to strengthen the local church. So it's very Ooh. similar to us and what we do, but we're, you know, a one weekend thing. That's why we re- really want to push the perspectives class during Mission Connection uh, Northwest. Oh, that sounds great. So you brought up uh, evangelism. I talked a little bit about missions. What do you see as the similarities and the differences between evangelism and missions? Well, it's funny you mentioned this question because uh, Luis Palau and I are good friends and we have kind of a little uh, running thing back and forth where he'll say, uh, you know, Bill, without missions, there's no evangelism. 
And I say, yeah, but without evangelism, there's no missions. You know, <laughs> they're uh, inseparable. Yeah. And I think for Luis Palau, you know, his whole life was marked by the fact that people that worked for British Petroleum moved to Argentina. And this particular gentleman, his whole heartbeat was the gospel. Mm. And so even though he got a paycheck from BP or whatever the the oil company was that he worked for. All of his waking moments when he wasn't working, he was out going door to door sharing Christ mm. and came to Luis's folks and they did not have children and he shared the gospel with them and they came to Christ and then as Luis and his sisters were born, they were all brought into this Brethren Church mm. and they were miraculously saved because this man was committed to the good news. So then, you know, Luis, his sisters, the whole family came to Christ. He was out. His dad was a hardworking uh, businessman who was an entrepreneur. He built ships. He built uh, buildings. He, hmm. But he would also go out and share the gospel. And so Luis was with his dad doing that. And then at the age of 11, his father died. Uh, He's actually very young. I think he was only in his 30s when he died. Wow. But left that legacy of you know, sharing Christ, you know, an amazing story of the impact. The idea of a missionary going into a culture, learning the language, kind of creating a beachhead or a spearhead for establishing a church, and then, you know, local people sort of rising up and taking over. Do you think that concept has any application in apologetics? Well, I would say, if you've got, let's say, young people that are in a, in a school and they look around and they say, see, wow, there's not a whole lot of people in my school that know Christ. They have maybe an opportunity to share what they believe and why they believe it. And they're in the context of the school. It's a public school. You know, in our culture, people will want to know, well, why do you go to church? Or, you know, and they have the opportunity to to answer questions and you know Roy I know that you've done a great job in just giving pithy answers to, to questions that some <laughs> of the students come up with I think it's brilliant what you're doing and a lot of times you know if you talk about young people friends they don't want the whole dump truck load <laughs> they just ask <laughs> one question right like how do you know that there's a God yeah and so you can give them a pithy answer and the, yeah. and, the, and the student will chew on that and maybe they come back the next day and say you know, I've been thinking about what you said, and so then they they feel free enough to ask another question. And so you just kind of go along answering the questions that the person has. And so apologetics, you know, the defense of the faith, it's really a wonderful thing to be able to have answers. And it's a wonderful thing when people have honest questions that they know that they can trust that this is not some emotional thing mm. uh, that people that they go to church, you know, even other students, they're, they're doing this and they've really thought about it. And sometimes the students have an opportunity to share these kind of things with teachers because the teachers maybe are no more, uh, you know, uh, they don't know any more maybe than some of the students. <laughs> I've heard people say that it can be a hard place to be a Christian here in Portland and Seattle and the Pacific Northwest because People have hard questions, and they don't let you skate by with a soft answer. When you think about Mission Connection being headquartered here in the Pacific Northwest, as you look back over the last 20 years, do you think that's been an advantage, uh, a disadvantage, or kind of of no consequence? 
You know, that's another interesting question. Sometimes I've thought, why is it that we can have success, you know, in doing this event, that we can draw more people now than we did when we started? Mm. And sometimes I think it's because of, certainly it's because of the health of the churches and because perhaps because of the, I don't know, potential darkness of the, of the culture. Mm. Um, I know that coming from the East Coast, I've told people, I think that in Portland, I've always felt like there's an authenticity out here. Mm. That, yeah. that yeah. people, whereas where I come from, there's a lot of religion. Mm. You know, like if you were to go door to door where I grew mm. up in Massachusetts, there'd be a lot of people that say, "What you know, what are you here for? And then if you try to explain, well, you know, I want to talk to you about Jesus, they might say, oh, you know, we're Catholic. Uh, yeah, we, we got that covered. And they'll slam the door in your face. Yeah, we, yeah, we got, yeah, we're Catholic. We already got it. Uh, I remember uh, years ago, some dear friends of ours you know, lived in Southern California, and they were almost saying, like, how do you, how do you live in Portland, Oregon? And, and I said, well especially with all the lovely things that have been happening this year. But I said, well, you know, if I live, you know, in a real church place, my little five-watt bulb might not be seen. Hmm. But my little five-watt bulb can be seen yeah. in Portland. Amen. Hmm. Amen. I- I've seen that same thing, Bill, where as excited as I am to share my own faith and to watch God work, it's even more exciting to see some of the people that I've you know, taught or mentored to see them catch that same fire and see it grow. And probably the the most, uh, the, the clearest example of that is even in my own kids, where I, yes. you know, I've, I've been telling them stories about, you know, when I got saved and I went off to college and I shared the gospel and I led a Bible study and I went overseas and short-term missions and all these things. And when they're tiny, they're like, oh, wow, that's a cool story, Dad. But then they get old enough, teenagers, and I've got daughters who just are traveling the country right now, and they come back with their own stories. And when they can find that, hey, these don't just have to be stories that my dad told, but this is a reality that I can be a part of too. I can be part of the same story that God is writing across the world. Maybe that's what you're getting at with the perspectives class. Yeah. Where yeah. it's like God has been doing this for thousands of years. Join the story, <laughs> you know. Get get your name written in the pages for for what yeah. He's doing today. So exciting, and that's what keeps me motivated, you know, in apologetics and just living out the gospel every day. So that's great, Bill. Thank you again for your time today. This is this conversation has been really encouraging and enlightening for me. So uh, thanks for being on the show today. And as a final reminder, Mission Connection, Connection with an X, will be happening on January 15th and 16th in 2021. So in a couple of months. And I'm assuming it's going to be virtual, Bill? It's going to be virtual. You can go on our website, www.missionconnection.com, and you can register. It's a free event. It's always a free event. But you can register, and you can watch the whole apologetics workshop track. This year, we've got uh, Neil Mauman, who used to do our track a few years ago. We've got uh, Brent Strasberg, who has been doing the whole thing by himself the last few years. And we've got Sean McDowell coming. You, you know, you just had Josh McDowell. Yep. We've got Sean McDowell coming. So we've got some good people to choose from, you know, who will shake it up. 
but there's also you know 24 other you know, workshop tracks <laughs> as well that your audience might you know interested in and the cool thing is you don't have to go anywhere you can stay right at home and be part of the conference and see the whole thing from start to finish over those two days very cool well again thanks for being on the show today bill Thanks so much, Roy. It was a pleasure, and I uh, look forward to talking with you again soon. Following up on what Bill said his experience on the East Coast was, let's take a question from our website. Are Catholics Christians? Well, as we did with our question about Kanye West a few weeks ago, let's review what the Bible says makes you a Christian. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So it's not what country you're born in, or who your parents are, or even where you go to church that saves you. It's your belief in Jesus as God, who can forgive your sins evidenced by your confession of him as Lord and your submission to his law in your life. Now, for the sake of this question, let's assume that Catholics are people who go to a Catholic church, and Baptists are people who go to a Baptist church. Let me put it bluntly. No, I don't think everyone who goes to a Catholic church is saved. But I also don't think everyone who goes to a Baptist church is saved. I don't think everybody that goes to a Methodist church or a Lutheran church or a Presbyterian church is saved. You get the point. At the root of the question is, does the Catholic church have teachings that are consistent with what the Bible teaches about salvation? Well, do they believe in the Bible? Yes. Do they believe God created the universe? Yes. Do they believe man is sinful and needs saving? Yes. Do they believe Jesus is God? Yes. All right. So, so far, they're different than all the false world religions like Hinduism and Buddhism, Taoism, etc. And they're also different than all of the logically inconsistent, what I'll call corruptions of Christianity, like Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, Islam, etc., Now, Catholicism does add a lot of big T tradition to the Bible as part of their faith system. They do. They believe you should pray to the saints. They believe that Mary, the mother of Jesus, never sinned. They believe that the communion elements become the actual body and blood of Jesus. They believe that when the Pope speaks on behalf of the church, he's never wrong, etc., These additional religious accompaniments can confuse and cloud the simple message of the true gospel. They may possibly act as an impediment to salvation for some, and they could contribute to some Christians in the Catholic Church remaining immature in their biblical faith, in our humble opinion. But we believe that the Catholic Church does have the fundamentals of salvation absolutely correct, And we're confident that there are many, many true Christians who go to a Catholic church. Now, how about you? Do you go to a Catholic church? Do you not go to church at all? Whatever your situation, I want to encourage you 
to search the Bible for answers to the hard questions that you are struggling with. And I want to encourage you to start today. And as you begin that search, I want to make one suggestion that I think will help you think more biblically. I guarantee you, if you do this one thing, your life will have less confusion, less frustration, and more peace. You need to do what God does when he thinks about something. He never thinks falsely. If you can make that one commitment to identify and reject falsehood, things that are self-contradicting, things that are not internally consistent, it will radically change your thinking, which will totally change your life. I guarantee it. Try it out and test me on that. The Ambassadors Forum is here to help you get started. Go to our website at theambassadorsforum.com. While you're there, you can look at some of the questions we've already answered. You can ask us your hard question. You can sign up to receive our monthly newsletter. You can browse through some of our other helpful resources. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and join us for our next monthly forum on Friday, November 20th at 7 p.m. for an open Q&A. Bring your hard questions and let's have a great conversation. Finally, thank you for joining us on the radio today. You can join us every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on True Talk 800 a.m. KPDQ. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 